0: hello and welcome to the big review scheme my name is owen and there's rory hello right <laughs> why are you, are you trying to seduce me what the heck's going on i'm here? trying to
1: seduce our listeners but i guess oh, you're, I know, you're, they're you're they're listening listened. right there
0: too <laughs> I feel like I've just walked into a room I shouldn't be in. I'm like I'm gonna close only. the door and, Yeah, I'm gonna run the door. I, I didn't know. Was it shouldn't there be a password for this kind of it thing? There was a sock on the door. Um, you should have you should have known. I should have I should have realized. Uh listen, I'll try not to keep you then, because I know you've got you've got to get back to some other stuff. Listen, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has landed on Disney Plus. Um you should go and check out TBR Spotlight episode one, where myself and Rory uh, have done a deep dive. So much deep dive. You bring mm-hmm. your snorkeling gear because is snorkeling the same as deep diving. I'm not too. But sure you don't
1: you don't dive too deep with snorkeling. I think you have to stick <laughs> pretty your, close to the surface.
0: <laughs> bring your scuba gear then instead, yeah. as we deep dive on the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we were thinking, you know, we were lording it around the place. Look at us. We're we're experts. We know everything about the show now, which we clearly do not. Mm-hmm. But Today, we have uh, a chat, Rory. You were fortunate enough to catch up with two people who actually do know what they're talking about. Who have you got?
1: Well, uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to chat to both the show's director, Carrie Scogland, and the show's producer slash head writer, Malcolm Spellman. So if there is anyone in this world who knows this show inside and out, I'm guessing it's the two people who
0: effectively made it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like... Uh, these people have obviously been working away in the background for, I presume. Uh, well, I suppose whenever the ends, the, the events of Endgame were, but uh, they have been engrossed in this world and figuring out exactly where the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to go, both in the TV shows and both uh, in the films itself. And I presume that people like Kevin Feige probably like drip feet important pieces of information for them and where they want certain characters to go. So, um, no, I'm, I'm dying to hear this because I haven't heard these chats yet. So, uh, fascinated to find out uh, what Carrie Scogland... And even looking at her her CV in terms of the work, the stuff that she's done, like in terms of uh, The Handmaid's Tale, which is a show just absolutely love, um... House of Cards, uh, The Walking Dead as well. She's got this really brilliant uh background uh in terms of high quality television production. So wh- what did you get you out there about? Well,
1: yeah, like I think one of the the, the cornerstones of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, even though you don't actually see it in the first episode, is the inevitable kind of buddy cop banter between the two of them. That that as we said in our first episode of Spotlight, that kind of shame black-esque chemistry where it's they love each other and hate each other simultaneously, but it's so uh, familiar. <laughs> but as uh, as anyone who's seen the first episode, it does kick off with an action sequence that is kind of on par with something you would see in a Marvel movie. So as much as we we love you know Lethal Weapon and Forty Eight Hours and those buddy cop movies, they don't tend to have a budget that could uh, you know work out into an action sequence of that scale and that size so yeah i was curious as to what her cinematic influences were for for when she was putting together these huge action set pieces beyond just buddy cop uh, movies and beyond uh, previous marvel movies
0: well let's take it away carry
1: on carry for the first episode we know that a falcon and winter soldier are kept apart uh, but we've seen them previously in the movies. They they already lend themselves to a fantastic uh, kind of Shane Black-esque buddy cop dynamic, uh, and we've seen from the trailers as well that it's going to lend back into that again for, for their personal chemistry. But I'm wondering which movies, if any in particular, were your touchstones when it came to putting together the action sequences because that first one that kicks off, the first episode, is huge and massively impressive and kind of outside of the realm of something you might see in a buddy cop movie.
2: Well, yeah, you know, so we um, referenced uh, Malcolm Spellman and I, and the writing team uh, and the, you know, the, uh, I guess the Marvel executives as well, but really it was um, mostly Malcolm and myself looked at, um, you know, the classics from the eighties, the, the lethal weapons, the um, uh, 48 hours, uh, uh, I also looked though at other, because I wanted it to have a really big spectrum of performance, not just the comedy of it, which I think Lethal Weapon, um, you could argue, uh, served that. But I looked at Midnight Cowboy, um, uh, Easy Rider, you know, I, I also though looked at big epic action, you know, whether it be David Lean or, um, you know, Ridley Scott or any of the So I really filled filled the synapses with lots of, uh, imagery that that um, I kind of put into a pot and mixed up. Most important, though, was that each, each, which you'll see as as the series unfolds, all of the action sequences, which are, you know, big and epic, they also uh, need to have, be emotionally charged. We need to understand the character. Now, the opening one, of course, is, you know, kind of the, the bait. But uh, we because we're going to get to know these characters, every action sequence that you go on now... You're going to just, it's going to be a different, you you understand where they're coming from. You know that Bucky doesn't want to fight because right now he's, that's, that's his issue is that he's trying to figure out um, how he, who he's going to be in the world to come, how he's going to relate to, you know, he's 106 years old and he's now got his mind back. And he's got the PTSD of it. So you're coming to, and, and Sam is, you know, on in the back of his mind is his family issues, and what can he do to save? You know, he seems to be able to save the world, but he can't save his family. Um, so the minute you you inject those character dynamics into the comedy of it and the action of it, I think they they become really charged with a whole new layer that we get to to know, which you can't really in the movies because you just don't have the time to be with them. So hopefully, um, uh, not only you know did we reference big ep- epic things and we had the license to be able to, to um, execute them, but that um, I hope we've injected another layer to them as well.
0: That's obviously fascinating from Carrie, but Rory, more importantly, I'm wondering, did you hear my carry-on-carrie gag before she started talking there? Because it seemed like you ignored it.
1: And the second topic that we discussed was, I don't know if okay. you've... Uh, One of the things we we kind of missed, I will be honest about, when we were doing our initial run-through, and I know I did because I was kind of skipping through the end credits to see if there was a a mid- or post-credits scene. And by doing that, I missed the end credits. And it was only when I went back and watched them again that I realized, ah, all the Easter eggs and the the theories and the interesting little snippets are actually buried in the end credits themselves. Uh, and those have had a lot of people very interested and like kind of going down the Wandavision route of what does this mean and what does this mean. And if you, if you're not like completely educated on Marvel history, which to be fair, there's a lot of it, so that's fine. I'm I'm sure the show will spell it out in the same way that you know Agnes worked out in in Wandavision. Uh, yeah, if you're not completely educated, some a lot of it will go over your head. But if you are you might've noticed these. And I had to know uh, whether she was specific in the stuff she was putting in the end credits or uh, were they just kind of sprinkled there by Marvel themselves.
0: Sounds very cool. Carry on, carry.
1: I've never seen a TV show have people scour the closing credits so minutely as I have this show, like frame by frame, you see them gone. what's that, what's that mean? Um, was that something you were involved in at all like how much information was given away just even in the closing credits or, or was there any conversations mm-hmm. regarding no no that's too much or let's 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 see them on out a little bit more from there
2: Yes yes and yes <laughs> <So it seems. laughs> Yes, we, uh, we, um, we definitely had a conversation about it we definitely put um, lots of Easter eggs in there and uh, and I thought the credit sequence was amazing yes. didn't you. We, um, we wanted it to uh, invoke the idea of aging posters, you know that they, over over time the comics and the posters and the, so that it had this feeling of things peeling away and, um, and we were peeling the onion and um, uh, so that was the the intention, which I think uh, they did an amazing job. Rory, mm.
0: I did it I did it again, but you didn't you didn't say anything. Carry on Carrie
2: I'm up next.
1: It's Malcolm mm-hmm. Spellman, who is the okay. producer and head writer, which I think is showrunner, uh, for the show as well. Um, and he had he had he had, mm. he had a lot to say by saying he's a talker by saying not a lot. He we we we, gotcha. we, we, t- we talked a lot about how difficult it is for him to keep some of the secrets for the show, especially since. Uh, as he says himself like fans and and viewers will be like oh you what about this huge thing that you just overlooked and he's he has to bite his tongue he's like no no we we know it's coming but you have to you have to bide your time we can't put everything into the first episode so uh yeah there's a lot of talk about like the difficulties of keeping secrets but also uh the importance of don Cheadle's appearance in that first episode as well as just the, the general kind of, well, you know this, and anyone who's a film fan knows this. <clears throat> uh, whenever there is talk of James Bond being played by Idris Elba or Superman being played by Michael B. Jordan, there is a, a, a like, a, just a stupid backlash online of anyone of people of color not playing specific iconic characters. Um, and it does feel like that is intrinsic in part of the show, and that, like, sam the falcon doesn't want to be captain america and the the american government are kind of like phew we don't have to uh we don't have to tackle that ourselves and tell him no we don't want this black guy to be the new captain america because they think america's not ready for it so all that stuff is is very subtly layered into uh into, into the scripts that spellman has written so uh yeah he's he, he had a lot to talk about very interesting man I'd love, to, I'd love to call him up after every episode and go, but what about this and what about this? But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so this is what he had to say. Malcolm, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. I hope you're doing well.
3: I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Can't brag, can't complain, man.
1: Well, I was, I was going to log in and I was, I, I was already like kind of annoyed at myself thinking, God, there's so many questions I can't ask, et cetera, et cetera. But then I felt bad for you because there's so many questions you can't answer. It must be like a, a gatekeeper just holding back the secrets. Is it particularly difficult to keep them all to yourself? It, it's, it, there's a
3: couple ones you really, uh, it's very hard because you want to blurt it out, especially when people think you missed something or whatever, and you're like, nah, it's coming up. It's literally being set up in an episode because they're used to watching Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, like it, it is It is interesting, like just obviously off the back of the uh, success of WandaVision, how eagle-eyed everyone has become. Are you already noticing uh, maybe some theories or some uh, just some rumours or or anything like that where you're like, yes, you're already on the right track or no, you're way off and that's just something you've decided to invest your mind in yourself?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's half of each. I don't think it's been quite as intense as WandaVision because that was a mystery and a puzzle. People really started to go deep with it but there's been some of that with ours also i just found out um i literally just found out marvel's been planting way more seeds than i knew about like people people are sending me screen grabs of the end credits and i'm like oh man i didn't even catch that
1: (laughs) no i I, that was something as well because it it, it is interesting i've never seen so many people literally go frame by frame through an end credits before, because there's actually quite a bit of information in there. Uh, That was, I think a lot of people were not expecting, but uh, like Paul Bettany was a, a bit of a genius when it came to trolling the fans for WandaVision, like purposefully sending people off in the wrong direction in, in interviews yeah. Uh, is that something you, you you've toyed with yourself? Where you're like, "Why, yes, Captain America definitely is on the moon. Don't you worry about it?"
3: Um, you know, we we wanted to, and it's a skill set though. You know what I'm saying? And so I try and tread pretty lightly. And I'm I'm not an actor, so I don't think I think it's easier for me to just hide. Like you know, I have a day like <laughs> this, but otherwise, I think you know people would rather hear. Anthony does it well though.
1: Does he right? I'll have to keep an eye out for that and just never trust a word he says until it's actually yeah, proven right. it to be after correct. To you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, obviously, after the first episode, there's been a lot of uh very interesting reactionary pieces, just in terms of, I guess, the uh, the, the, the 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 obvious kind of racist racism undertones of, of the first episode and how kind of it, it parallels with like just recently there was, there was a rumor going around that uh, a black actor or a person of color was going to play Superman and there was a reaction to it. There was one similar not too long ago where a person of color might be playing James Bond and there was a reaction to it. So it's, it's interesting that that's almost a part of the show is that this is a real, real world superhero and the, the, the reaction to it when a person of color might be taking up that mantle.
3: Yeah, it it's, it's it's a thing we all felt a responsibility for. Everyone at Marvel, the writers' room, you know what I'm saying, it was a very collaborative effort and you know it was something we knew we couldn't hide from. You, you 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 would be lying and telling a bad story if you did. And I think after Black Panther, Marvel has shown that the fans as long as you give them everything they need will will take on stuff with substance too.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think just in our first episode, it was it was very important that that conversation that um, Falcon has, it was with Don Cheadle because oh, yeah. it was it, it, obviously it, it played up to a, a lot of different things going on at the same time. But when it comes to when it came to writing that scene or it comes to writing l- later scenes where you are referencing the larger MCU, does it come down to almost who's available at the time or is no, it just no. kind of the world's your oyster?
3: No, it's funny. You're the first white reporter that's actually keyed in on that—the specificity of those two being together like that. And remember, our writers' room was mostly black, and that was not by accident. It was—it was the idea of Marvel's two black heroes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And having a moment dealing with a really poignant issue. Um, We knew, like in our minds, we imagined those two probably talked to each other pretty regularly. You know what I'm saying? because they got to deal with getting pulled over by police. They got to deal with, you know what I'm saying, being denied bank loans or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, um, no, nah, that was not by accident. We It, it came from a thoughtful place, and it just the two actors took it. You know, they always do that. With, with silence, they can do more than you can ever write, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it was a fantastic scene. Malcolm, I I could literally talk to you after every single episode that might come out <laughs> coming forward. But thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me
0: today. Oh, good, my man. That was Roy's chat there with Malcolm. And we were actually talking just before Malcolm as well. So I suppose in a way you could say that was Malcolm in the middle. I, I mean,
1: in a way. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, you could in a way. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have, but you know, nah, I know, but you wouldn't have said carry on carry either. Just want to bring I'll us right back
1: on. I get it now. What do you mean you weren't getting it at the start? It was so clear. Was it?
0: Yeah. Was it? Okay. <laughs> for for anybody looking for some uh bonus Falcon and the Winter Soldier stuff just stuff in your life uh we do have episode two of tbr spotlight focusing on episode two of the show uh which is coming very soon after uh this particular episode of the big review as well but as well as that if you head over to uh the joe youtube page you'll also actually get to physically see with your eyes rory's chat with Malcolm Spellman as well. Um, So that's up there as well, if you want to check that out. Um, As well as loads of other interviews, even this, the last few days alone, we've had Oscar-nominated Emerald Fennel is up there. Uh, Michael Pena is talking about his brand-new family film, Tom and Jerry. Um, Anybody else, Rory? Oh, gosh, there's
1: there's, there's so many. So many. So many. You know, just bear in mind, we will be doing a Falcon and the Winter Soldier spotlight every Friday going forward for the show. And yep. just go to Joe.ie for like big long reads for whenever you have some alone time in the bathroom.
0: <laughs> just. <laughs> oh, speaking of actually, oh, I'm God, supposed to be leaving really... you, you and the audience. No, I'm supposed to be leaving you and, and whoever's listening out there uh, to your own alone time. So uh, I'm going to love you and leave you. Thanks Rory. Oh. As ever. Cause Thank the you. sock is still in the door it's still on the door
1: okay <laughs> yes okay yeah 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 Yeah. yep gotcha yep
0: i've i've overstayed my welcome uh thank you to rory uh thank you to sound paul on sound as well and thank you uh to everybody who uh is listening to the show and also for subscribing as well and um, please do uh i don't know like what like tell your mates or, or like tell t- tell all of your mates yes please that would be wonderful and uh yeah we'll see you next time Sure. bye